0: What's going on Blue Jays fans? Welcome to another episode of Locked on Blue Jays. It's part of the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your co-host, Lucas Suisse. Of course, I want to thank all the listeners that make Locked on Blue Jays your first listen of the day. Again, you can find me on Twitter at WeSports where my work appears on Sportsnet, ESPN, The Undefeated, the Toronto Star, as well as play-by-play broadcasting for Saga 960 AM Radio. The Locked on Blue Jays is free and available wherever you get your podcasts including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher.
1: You are locked on Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Well, Jen, it is that time of the year. December 23rd could mean a lot of different things. Some people consider it Christmas Eve Eve that's that that's that's an actual phrase that i saw on twitter one yeah. uh, december 23rd that i've seen this year some people consider december 23rd thursday because it you know <laughs> falls on a third falls on a thursday breaking news <laughs> but on this edition and i feel like a lot of people that have watched the show seinfeld december 23rd is known as festivus and on this edition of the Locked On Blue Jays podcast. We are going to air some grievances that you, myself, and the fans tuning into the show have on the Blue Jays in baseball. And, of course, Jen Smith, MLB analyst, will be on the show with us today to air some of those grievances. Jen, happy Festivus.
1: Happy Festivus. I have problems with, with a whole bunch of people, and I am ready to share them.
0: I mean, I'm going
1: to channel my inner Frank Costanza here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm, I I love the energy already because it's interesting. Cause I feel like going into this, like the blue Jays were a lot of fun this year. It wasn't like years past where I feel like the grievances could be a lot, but look, there, there, there's always reasons to be negative and have grievances. So you, I, I know you have some, I know I have some, and the fans of course, who have sent some in, have some as well. So let's start with your grievances, Jen. What are some of yours that you need to get off your chest today?
1: All right. Well, I share a grievance with listener Adrian Chrysostim, who summed it up in just two words. Randall Gritchuk. (laughs) Randall Gritchuk. I, oh, Okay. Five-year, $52 million contract extension, average annual value of $10.4 million. He is going to be on this team for another two years. Aside from the 2.1 F war that he posted in 2018, he has been relatively abysmal for the Blue Jays. His F war has been below one ever since that 2018 season. And by below one, I mean, I'm talking like 0.4, 0.5. He slashed 241, 281, 423 last year with a WRC plus, weighted runs created plus for those of you who are not sure what that acronym means, of 85, the benchmark across the league is 100, right? I just, this is not a guy who should be on a team that is trying to win a championship. Now, granted, they signed George Springer. And so hopefully Blue Jays fans are not going to see very much of Randall next season. But the guy just, you know he has these hot streaks and people get excited and maybe Randall has found something and blah, blah, blah. We hear it every season. And at some point he ends up showing you exactly what he is and everybody's disappointed. And I just can't take it anymore.
0: Well, I love the energy and I feel it. I feel the frustration Jen through the screen right now because Gritchik. He trends on Twitter so often, especially during baseball season. And I know when I click, you're going to see the same attitude and energy grievance that you just expressed there because he's kind of like a Christmas gift where you where you open it up and you think like, oh my goodness, like, like you know, you feel the shape and it's like, wow, like it's a new video game or it's a new, uh, you know, you know really good item or electronic or whatever, and then you open it and it's like, oh, like uh, toothpaste or uh, you know, socks or okay, like, like that. So, I mean, that's the problem, right? Like, you want him to be the electronics for 162 games, but he only shows bursts of that, and then you realize what he is, and yeah, like why do you have to do this to us right now? Why do you have to like lead us on and think like you're going to be something better than you actually are. It's, it's really frustrating.
1: It is. And you know what? It it is easier when you, when you realize it and you don't allow yourself to raise your expectations when he has one of his hot streaks, right? right? You know, if you can, if you can kind of keep in the back of your mind, Uh, this happens every season and he's going to bottom out any day. Now, if you can kind of temper your expectations, it maybe makes it a little bit easier to deal with, but it is still frustrating. And I mean, there were times last season when, you know, he really couldn't even be put into the lineup because he just flat out wasn't hitting the ball. And so that he is one of my, one of my grievances on a team that is supposed to be going places. I think Randall Gritchak, I think, I think his time, his time with this team his full time with this team has certainly come to an end.
0: Boy, when, when that day happens, when uh, Randall Gritchick <laughs> departs, I think uh, blue Jays Twitter should have like a party or something. Cause that, that'll be the opposite gen of the area of grievances. That'll be, uh, you know, quite, uh, the joyous occasion I feel for, for many Blue Jays fans, but I know you have another grievance, Jen. I mean, I I know, you know, that must've felt pretty good to let off that steam, you know, to get that, to get that off your chest, with Randall, but I know there's another grievance that it's really gnawing at you.
1: Well, I've got a couple more here, but one that has been gnawing at me and it's, and I almost feel badly because it's, it's unfair to, to, to pick on this one tiny thing given the context of the entire season, but it is Festivus. and What would Festivus be without a ridiculous grievance? So here it is. The Marcus Semyon throwing error on August 22nd versus the Tigers. Uh, the G- uh, the you brought were that up. Out. Two, I went there. I went there. The Jays were up 2-1, to top of the ninth, two outs. And that, I mean, it was such a routine play. I think that's the part that just bugs me the most. It was a routine play. And he botches the throw to first. Willie Castro scores from third base. To extra innings they go. And, of course, the Jays end up losing it. And I know, I know that Marcus Semien, Marcus, if you're out there, you were incredible for this team. And I am totally being a jerk for picking on this one error. But if we are looking at grievances and trying to, you know, again, this, this, this concept that one loss cost them a trip to the playoffs. If I'm going to pick one loss that just bugs me the most, that's the one Lucas fair or not.
0: Well, I think it's fair, Jen, because it is Festivus after all. And, and, and everything's on the table. Everything's on the table. I know that we've talked about the bullpen issues, but that felt more like a big problem, right? The cascade. Sure, there were some games that, you know, took place where the Jays could have won, but it was a big problem. It was a big, you know, overarching problem. August and September, like those are the games... You got to win, right? You got to win. The Tigers weren't going to the playoffs. They were a team that was, you know, getting ready to book their team time in a month or so. And Marcus, like, like this isn't like Pee Wee baseball here, right? This isn't the minor leagues. This is the major leagues. And it's not just any second baseman. It's Marcus Semyon who won a gold glove third in MVP voting, and he still does that. That's like, Jen, you forgetting to drink water even after you have an app on your phone that reminds you to drink water. That's what is so <laughs> unlikely here that Marcus Semyon just did. And I know it was August, and it fell like the nail in the coffin then. But you know what's even more frustrating, Jen, to add what? on to that grievance? It's Do it, jeez brought us back in with an amazing <laughs> September. They just brought us back in. They lifted our hopes up. And then they miss the playoffs by one game. One game. If Marcus Semyon makes that play, the Jays would have gone to the playoffs uh, and they could have done so good well. They're the best team in baseball, Jen. Uh, I know. I know,
1: and that brings me to one more grievance that I would go like ahead, to go share. ahead, go ahead. And that that is the dry spells that this offense has a tendency to go on at multiple times during the season. And I get it, right? I get that you know, teams get hot, teams get cold, player gets hot, player gets cold. I understand that, but it's like with this team, you take a look at that lineup, right? You know, at least one through five, let's say. And we know that these guys are capable of just mashing the ball. This is an offense that other teams do not want to face. But man, when they go cold, they go ice cold, top to bottom. And it's one of those things that, you know, is really difficult to understand this idea that hitting is contagious and, you know, teams go on streaks or teams get hot all at the same time or whatever the case is. But it is so frustrating to watch such a potent offense go completely cold, particularly when they need to win games.
0: Look, I'm a fan of vanilla ice. And it's so an ice, ice baby, but not when it comes to the blue Jays in August and September. I'm not, I want to see this potent offense. And you know what? They did a great job. And like, you know, they were one of the best offenses, but you're absolutely right. Jen, it brought me back to 2015 vibes when they lost to the Kansas city Royals. And I'm still trying to get over three for 28 in that ALCS with runners in scoring position. So like, That's what's so frustrating is that you're absolutely right. That, that the hitting, you know, they they could have had a couple more games where they just, you know, got a couple more hits. It could have really been an incredible moment, but alas, it was not. And that's why uh, we're probably doing a Festivus episode right now, Jen, because, (laughs) you know, look, if the Jays made the playoffs, they would have won the world series. There would have been a, there wouldn't have been a point to of grievances it would have just been all-time joy but uh toronto sports fans can't uh you know guarantee happiness all the time that's just how i uh how, how i've experienced uh, life growing up as a toronto sports fan
1: same i mean i, I suppose i do remember you know unlike you i do remember 92 93 okay so okay i, I do have that. I you do know. have that to okay. cling on to. Way to rub it in. To Way to rub it in. Well, rubbing in the memories or the the age disparity, I don't know. Um.
0: <laughs> or, or the banners, or the banners, the two banners <laughs> that are that are raised in uh, Rogers Center. But definitely see your point. At least I got to see the Raptors win, so I so that keeps uh, me uh, keeps me sane as a Toronto sports fan. But we're gonna take a quick break because I feel like we're just getting started with. The grievances. I mean, that that, that was a lot. Trust me, Jen brought the heat with those three grievances. But I got some coming up in just a moment. But first, let's check in with our friends at Built Bar. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better than a candy bar, Built Bar. Filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds with Built Bar. Delicious and healthy.
1: So what's the offer? Well,
0: go to Built.com and use the promo code lock 15 and get 50% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 50% off at Built.com. All right, we're back. Lucas Weiss, MLB analyst, Jen Smith. This is the Lockdown Blue Jays podcast and the Lockdown Podcast Network Festivus edition. I want to first of all, though, thank... All listeners who make Locked on Blue Jays your first listen of the day. And, man, if you're continuing through this one, good on you. Because we're just getting started when it comes to Festivus and the area of grievances. So, Jen had some three great ones. Okay. I thought about this. My Blue Jays grievances. So, I'm going to start, Jen with my grievance as it pertains to the Blue Jays. Is Moorcroft96. (laughs) <laughs> do you, do you, do you, do you remember Moorcroft 96?
1: I, I, I have vague recollections.
0: Yes. Okay. So, so, cause I just need to get off my chest. Cause honestly, I'm all for fans going to the ballpark. Okay. I listen like, you know, we've lived through a couple years right now of the pandemic and, and Blue Jays not in Toronto and, and capacity limits and all that. So, if you can go to a sporting event, good on you. And especially the ballpark. I mean, because the, it was great to have the fans back in Toronto. But this fan is now become an urban legend jet. Because this particular fan brings a Moorcroft 96 jersey whenever he goes to a Toronto sporting event. And this particular game against the New York Yankees, end of the season, this was the make or break series for this Blue Jays team. I know Marcus Semyon, yes, but the Chase came back, like I just mentioned in the last segment and brought us back in. And it was so exciting. I thought, oh my God, we're going to be going to the playoffs. But then this fan has the audacity To sit in the area where the TV camera can see fans. Like, this is no home plate lady, okay? You know, home plate lady is amazing. The good luck charm, incredible. This fan decides to, you know, show off his Moorcroft 96 jersey. And uh oh. Jen, the Blue Jays lost that game. They lost. And, 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 and they just didn't lose, Jen. They just did not lose. They couldn't hit. They couldn't hit. They couldn't do anything right. And this is a game where they got to win. And, you know, Moorcroft 96 is showing off the jersey and, you know, hunky-dory, life is great, yada, yada, yada. Some usher has to tell him to take the jersey off and stop showing it because it's distracting. The Blue Jays lose that game, Jim. They lost that game. And then it comes out on Twitter that every single game that Moorcroft96 has been at with that jersey, the team has lost. The Toronto sports team has lost. So, my God. Get rid of that jersey. Burn it. Do a, you know, effigy or whatever and get a new jersey, get a Vlad jersey, a bow jersey, something else, but please come to the ballpark because that's important. I'm not going to stop you from coming to the ballpark, but my God, don't have that dang jersey on because it, it it's a curse, Jen. It's a curse, and that's... Like I just had to get it out. That's my grievance. That's one of my big grievances of of 2021. I
1: I believe the specific game that you are referring to was on September 28th, if if I'm right. You're right. Uh, The Jays lost seven to two. Ryu started that game. I was at that game. And so I had absolutely no idea that there was this fan with this Jersey behind home plate. But every time I checked Twitter that, that night, there was, there was something about Moorcroft 96. And I had absolutely no idea what anybody was referring to. And some clever Twitter users started making up stories about, you know, Moorcroft was, you know, uh, had been drafted by the Maple Leafs and he had died in an accident, like all these crazy things. And I'm like, I don't even know what is happening with this, let alone this, what's happening here on the field in front of me. And so when I found out later on that I was just this, this ridiculous dude with this ridiculous Jersey behind home plate, honestly, how much attention does one person need? I mean, I guess here we are talking about it. And so you Ken? know, buddy, he's got
0: his, yeah. I'm going to go as far as to say that Murcroft 96 prevented the Jays from making the playoffs. Ooh. No, I'm like, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm the serious. Curse. Like, like there's the oh. curse of the Bambino, the curse of the Bambino <laughs> lasted from 1918 to 2004. My God, the curse of the Billy Goat. the Cubs didn't win the world yes. series in a hundred years. There's now the curse of Murcroft 96.
1: Maybe he's really a Yankees fan. I don't know. I have absolutely no idea. But, you know, the fact that there are people keeping statistics on the jersey appearance in comparison to team wins and the Toronto team has lost every single time this jersey has made an appearance, maybe there really is such a thing as a curse. I don't know. But keep the jersey... At home, buried in the closet, buddy.
0: Yeah, clearly. I mean, like, I'm all for like, I mean the my art, the Miami Marlins dude that. That brings the orange jersey to games. Like, okay, cool. I mean, whatever. But my God, if I need, you know, if I see 96 again, like, I don't need to be reminded of you know 96. Like, like, like you know, please, you know, and then Moorcroft. Oh. It's rattling, Jen, you know, it's rattling and, and, and you know, you need to get it off my chest, but
1: I didn't expect not- that, but that's, that's a good one.
0: Wow. You're not going to expect the next one too. Cause I got another green. I got another one. The ballpark. Hmm. <laughs> you know, Jen, I was, I was getting, you know, thinking about, Oh my goodness the new Blue Jays stadium, you know, on the waterfront. Like <laughs> I know you go to ball games, you know, the focus on the baseball, like that's so like valid. And maybe I, maybe I should do that more to be honest with you, but like, I was just picturing the vibes, right? You hear the water, the sun is beaming down. You're with friends or family or a significant other, whatever. And it would just like feel so incredible. But those dreams, Jen, are sadly, I think, put on hold. They're put on hold because this week reports have come out that Rogers Center, the big white igloo in the middle of downtown Toronto with the CN Tower looking over it, it's gonna be their ballpark for the next little while because they're gonna be investing in oh breaking news in stadium improvements and renovations. Jen, I'm a little upset. And
1: because I tried to try yeah. to warn you a few podcasts ago, I did try to warn you that I didn't think a new stadium would be built. I, I tried, I tried to soften the blow.
0: I know. I know and, and but I, I I was just getting caught up, Jen. You know, you know, like you know, that famous moneyball quote. How you know, how can you not be romantic about baseball? How can you not be romantic about a new stadium on the waterfront, no less? But I did for 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 a fleeting moment I did and thought about a summer night on the waterfront, watching this great Blue Jays team and Vlad Jr making a big play or sprinter dinners all night long. But now, now we're going to have to see the renovations and there's going to be renovation watch. And, you know, my goodness, it's going to feel like, you know, the seats, you know, in the outfield, looking more infield. I mean, is that going to make a difference? Oh, I don't know. But look, I mean, the Rogers Center is fine. It's fine. But it's old. It's old and I used to look at other ballparks around major league baseball that just have all the, you know, the idyllic scenes. And I just wanted it for this team and uh, not going to get it Jen for a little while. And it's a little bit of a grievance on my end. I I gotta be honest with you.
1: I mean, the idea of a new stadium where you can see the water is An absolutely lovely dream, but where are they going to put that stadium? You know, really the, 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 the the most ideal site is where they, they currently are just in terms of actually having a site to build on. And that can't happen without moving the team somewhere for four or five years And so, yeah, I guess, according to reports, the next best thing, quote unquote, is a $250 million Rogers Center upgrade. I have absolutely no idea, really, what they can do with the stadium. They proposed a new stadium back in November 2020. So it's only only a year ago. And now they've done sort of a a turnaround on that and said, nope, we're going to just upgrade instead. What those upgrades are going to look like, how they're actually going to improve the in-game experience for fans. I have no idea because it is just, it is a big ball of concrete. That's what the Rogers Center is made of. And it has served its purpose. It has, right? Let's be honest. It served its purpose. It was considered state of the art at the time that it was built, but it's, Aged quickly, right, in terms of the technology that was then available that could have maybe have been utilized or whatever, and so this is what fans have as their ballpark for the foreseeable future. I I don't know, like I said, $250 million for upgrades sounds like a lot, but what that can actually accomplish within the confines of the concrete jungle that is known as the Rogers Center, I really have no idea.
0: Look, I use this analogy when when, when we last discussed it, and I'll use it again. Like, you can, you know, tinker with your old laptop all you want and make it, you know, okay, but it it ain't like buying a new one. It ain't like buying one right out of the box and, you know, having that new experience. And, and And you mentioned it aging. Roger Center gen did not age like fine wine. it did not get better with age. it aged like milk so please you know <laughs> let's you know I mean, I mean I'm upset I'm upset because I can see fans fans deserve better and right around the holidays you have to drop this little art you know article about you know improvements all this look I hope they're fine but I'm all for the new stadium and I hope we get the waterfront ballpark experience in Toronto. Very soon. We're going to take a break because I need to like, you know, Simmer put, down. Put, put, <laughs> put the brakes on. Cause my goodness, I'm getting fired up with this, but I'm having a lot of fun. It's, it's Festivus. It's that time of the year. This is the locked on blue Jays podcast and the locked on podcast network. We'll be back with more grievances, but first. Let's check in with our friends at BetOnline. Online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football. It continues its march to the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. Bet online is the fastest way and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online where the game starts. All right, we're back. MLB analyst Jen Smith is joining alongside. I'm Lucas Suisse, co host of the Lockdown Blue Jays podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I want to thank all the listeners who make Lockdown Blue Jays your first to listen of the day. This is the fest of this episode. So, Jen, we went through our grievances but some fans gave us theirs. Why don't we read some of those uh, to end off this episode?
1: All right. Well, Ben Gordon touched upon something that I mentioned on yesterday's pod and his grievance is towards Rob Manford. And the fact that the team that won the World Series this year had won fewer games during the regular season than the Blue Jays, Atlanta was 88 and 73 during the regular season. The Blue Jays, of course, won 90, 91 games and yet did not make the playoffs. And Ben, I agree with you. I talked yesterday about the need to actually balance the schedule so that, you know, when all is said and done at the end of that 162 game grind the best teams in baseball actually make it to the playoffs because it is ridiculous that depending on what division you play in 88 wins can get you in versus needing 92 wins the disparity is glaring
0: yeah i mean it's tough i mean you know it's it's just you know how how the cards are dealt and unless division realignment happens, I mean, I think it's just going to continue this way. Now I know we mentioned on last uh, episode about the expanded playoffs, which would, I would say probably negate that because I think the blue Jays right now are in a spot where, if you know, they sort of repeat what they did last season. They'd get into the playoffs. I just think for me, Jen, you know, I want, the hard road. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm a little bit of an anomaly as a fan or, or or a follower, but I want like it feels so much greater to like go through the adversity and the difficulty of a tough division to get into the playoffs and then you know that just prepares you, right because like if you're a good team, it doesn't matter which division you play in; you're probably going to win anyway. Right. So, but you're absolutely right. I think it, it, you know, it, it does present a lot of difficulties and, but I would rather be a team that like gets through the tough AL East to get into the playoffs and win because it just makes the narrative and the story so much better that this team played against some of the best competition in baseball and won. Every winner of the World Series is etched in history. You can't take that away. But some winners aren't created the same. And I think if the Jays were to win, I think the fact that they're in a difficult division, they will get a lot more respect from, you know, general baseball fans than than someone that, you know, won a World Series and, you know, just barely got into the playoffs.
1: I'm all for that narrative. However... I want the playoffs to showcase the sports best teams. That's what I want to see. And frankly, I I hope it's something that major league baseball eventually moves to. I I don't know. We could do an entire episode on Rob Manfred and decision-making and does he even like baseball? We could do that one day perhaps, but uh, this is something that, you know, Like I said, expanded playoffs maybe negates it, but it still feels like getting in by default to me. So I I agree with Ben. I feel that that is a grievance as well. Um, C. Rutzi wrote in, and his grievance is Montoyo's handling of the bullpen.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's certainly...
1: Focus
0: thought. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned this yesterday. I mean, you know, when, when we talked about Charlie Montoyo, this was a curiosity of mine. I mean, and again, I mean, the grievances are very real. The grievances are very profound when it comes to Charlie Montoyo. But I think the bullpen's in a better spot right now. So I would say maybe not fret quite yet, but like I said on, on yesterday's show, the bigger games are going to tell the tale, right? That's where legacies are made. That's where you could be written into the history books and winning cures all. You got to remember that winning cures all. And I think again, like I said yesterday, it it really all, it, it, it matters what this team does if they get into the postseason, but at this moment, I'm, I'm a lot better about the bullpen. I think, unfortunately, he got dealt with a bad hand with injuries last year. But, yeah, there were games where I feel like Charlie Montoyo leaned too heavily on some guys when it was pretty clear that, nope, that's not going to be the answer. But fans are going to be fans. We love the fans. And, uh, but I'm not, I, I'm not as worried about the bullpen, but I think again with Charlie Montoyo, like we said yesterday, Jen, next season is going to be a big one for him.
1: I think a manager's handling of the bullpen and the decisions that are made in terms of when to pull the starter, which reliever to go to in which situations. I feel that those are the decisions for which a manager is most under scrutiny. And so you make, what a, what ends up being a mistake a couple of times and fans are going to jump all over you, right? Sometimes the decision that is made is the right one and it still goes wrong. Uh, sometimes a decision can be made and, you know, theoretically it's not the right reliever to turn to, but he gets through the inning, so it ends up working out. You know, and then, of course, there are the times when, you know, it just it comes out as disaster. The good news is that there's no Brad Hand. There's no Tyler Chatwood, um, you know, out there anymore. So hopefully, yes. given, you know, the experience as well as having just a better bullpen, hopefully Montoyo's handling of said bullpen will will come across better next season.
0: Yeah, Brad Hand um, Han is another grievance of mine, by the way. Brad Hand, mark a that. That's
1: whole other thing.
0: Brad Hand's one of my grievances.
1: I'm sorry I brought him up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, this was an interesting one to me. A Twitter user who goes by the handle Weight Wars Canada, wants to, wants the team to stop moving players around. In other words, give players permanent positions, make Teoscar Hernandez permanently the right fielder. Do not put him in left field. And this, uh, this Twitter user pointed out, for example, that Roberto Alomar did not move around the infield. He did not play shortstop. He did not play third base. He was a second baseman. And that was it. I feel like this one's a little bit challenging because guys do need days off or guys do need rest. And so, you know, injuries happen. And and so players might have to be shifted around in order to make those accommodations. Um, And if you, you know, I guess if the players were all given permanent positions, then you wouldn't have utility guys like a cabin Vigio, for example, what are your thoughts, Lucas?
0: Yeah, like, I mean, look, we could do a whole episode on, on on how baseball has evolved. I mean, I think, unfortunately, you know, analytics have become part of the game and, and, and they're not going away. I mean, you know how, you know, I, I mean, that that revolution is here to stay in baseball. And I think in large part, I think it has strengthened the game in terms of thinking about players, evaluation, things like that. But I think now there is so much more at a manager's disposal in terms of the matchup game and trying to figure out an an opposing hitter's tendencies that this is what happens, right? Like this is why a lot of people were like scratching their heads at Charlie Montoyo's lineup. Like this isn't a Charlie Montoyo thing. This is like the front office computer thing thinking about well, wh- what lineup is going to yield the best probability for us to win a game? And, and and the same thing like the shift, right? Like the shift is something that, you know, looks gimmicky on TV, but if we looked at the numbers, probably gives you a better likelihood of getting an opposing hitter out. Has it made baseball different? Yeah. And like, I miss the days of, stolen bases being a lot more prevalent, hitting behind the runner a lot more prevalent and, and making, you know, manufacturing runs rather than like home run or strikeout like a, that, that a lot of it, you know, baseball has become, but I don't think it's going away. You know, you the know, front the, offices like that's, you know, like they're trying to find ways to get more competitive, to, to win more games. That's just the price that, that analytics you you have to pay for as a fan and, you know, that's just the reality. It's frustrating, but I mean, it's not going away yet.
1: No, I agree. This is just the way baseball is being played right now. It's not something that really bothers me. Um, I get, you know, having players in different positions uh, might, you know, make them more prone to making an error, perhaps, or prevent them from greatly improving at their own position and things of that nature. But I think that this is just the way baseball is being played. And I really don't think there's kind of anything to go back on as for playing the shift. The only way to stop the shift is for major league baseball to ban the shift. Yeah. Right. Which, which would increase offense potentially. Um, But short of that, you know, every team is going to do what they can to get that edge. And if that means playing the shift against a player who always pulls the ball, then that's what you're going to do. I have two more grievances here for you. Philip Parkinson says his grievance is the disregard for those blue Jays fans who listen to games on the radio. Also ownership for watering down season ticket holders benefits over the years while increasing ticket prices. So, I personally can't speak to the season ticket holder benefits because I'm actually not sure what they are in comparison to what they were. I'll give Philip the benefit of the doubt because he, I think he would know. Uh, obviously, I, I'm guessing being a season ticket holder. And, you know, if the benefits are being scaled back while prices are going up. I could see people having that as a grievance as for fans listening to games on the radio. I have a tendency to listen to mo- or watch most games on TV. I listen on the radio. If I, if I'm in my car, um, I know that last season, it was an issue for a lot of fans when the TV broadcast was also the radio broadcast, because of course, if you're calling a game predominantly for a television audience, you are assuming that the fan can see what is going on. And that does not necessarily translate over to the radio listener.
0: Yeah. So like you, I mean, I'm not a season ticket holder, so this is not going to speak to that, but, but obviously, yeah, like frustrating if, if that's Phil's experience, I'll just say this with the radio. I mean, and, and you know, I, Unfortunately, the radio as a medium is declining in our society. I mean, it's just an unfortunate reality. The business that a lot of it's just going to audio platforms like podcasts and things like that. So, you know, the mediums are changing, but I understand the the historical and cultural significance of a lot of baseball teams and having the radio broadcast and certainly here in toronto you know you know ben wagner does a great job currently but you know his predecessors jerry howarth and the late tom cheek like they're legends right and and, right. and a lot of people associate the blue jays with them right because they were the soundtrack for a lot of people's summers like a lot of people you know I live in a neighborhood where people you know open the garage in the summer and like they put the radio on while they're doing their gardening or or whatever, just having a good time with other people. And I think I hope that that stays the same because there is something magical about baseball on the radio that no other sport I think can really do cuz right. I just think the pace of the game the descriptions of the game, the storytelling that can occur because the slow pace of baseball make it perfect for the radio medium. So I just hope that radio will continue for major league broadcasts. but I'm not holding my breath because that's just the reality of the industry at the moment.
1: I, I was going to say the storytelling aspect as well. I think that radio and baseball is the you know perfect medium for that storytelling element. And that's what a lot of fans really do like to listen to. There are fans who would prefer, for different reasons, to put the game on the radio rather than on their television. And so hopefully the broadcast will continue to be a, a focus in terms of making sure that the radio broadcast is one that is a good experience for those listening. Our final grievance comes to us from a Twitter user who goes by the name Can Capital City Boy. And this is something that I think is just a general grievance for everybody at this point, but we are putting it within a Blue Jays context. And that, of course, is both COVID. As- as the labor stung they came back fans went out to the stadium it was a heck of a summer and you know september baseball covid right now is risking the ability of fans to go watch the team in person but also the lack of progress on a new cba if it ends up delaying the season or shortening the season at all, it also risks wasting a year of the talented young core of this team.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, the uncertainty with COVID is, is real. I mean, we, we talked about that on the last podcast and I, and I highly recommend you guys uh, listen to that, particularly when it comes to unvaccinated um, uh, players, what the protocols are going to be. I mean, I, I, I would like to think that the protocols are probably going to happen, you know, for, for baseball next season. And you just got to hope that, you know, the blue Jays are okay and, and stay healthy and, you know, or, and, and what have you, but yeah, it's frustrating. Cause you know, for fans, like think about the, you know, sports teams right now in Toronto, the fans trying to get, go, go you know, go to see games that get refunded and then they can't go anymore. So, so it's very frustrating for them after a year, of uh you know n- n- you know not a lot of sports happening so hopefully by april it gets a lot better the one thing i'll say about the labor stoppage is like and it's interesting because if you if you listen to our episode with evan Drellick, which i highly recommend you do one of the things that he said was like the fan impact is such an interesting one because really the mlb and MLBPA are necessarily serving the fans here they're serving their constituents the owners and the players now the fans are obviously a byproduct but I do think that yeah like I think the fact that there's been labor peace for so long the fact that you know it has happened I think is going to be really you know frustrating especially when the rubber meets the road and paychecks are getting impacted and This lockout extends beyond that where we miss games. I'm going to end up the show being optimistic, Jen. I don't think we're going to get to that point. I think there's too much money to lose on both sides the last couple of years that I think common sense will prevail and that a deal will get done. But you're absolutely right. Labor stoppages are are very concerning. And and, and the fact is it leads to uncertainty, which, I understand completely can be a grievance.
1: Yes. I mean, right now, you know, this is a a point of consternation with fans, right? Because nobody knows exactly when that CBA is going to get signed. And until it does, you know, their team can't do anything to improve. And if you are a Blue Jays fan, you of course want to see the team make another improvement at least before the season begins. So I can see where this is definitely a grievance. I, I tend to agree. I think that the season, you know, by and large will begin on time because I think there is too much money for either side to leave on the table. So I think As we inch closer to the start of spring training, I think you're going to hear talks ramping up. And I think a deal is going to get signed. But I I completely understand how all of this and the background of COVID is a grievance for fans.
0: So we're out of time. I don't know about you, Jim, but I feel bigger about those grievances out of of my system. A lot of pent-up energy the last uh, couple months (laughs) in in terms of, you know dealing with that and some of the grievances i mean i feel like with you with uh, marcus Semyon, probably um me with the moorecroft 96 you know just don't ever mention that again unless you want to really uh get me riled up but we are out of time i appreciate everyone for listening of course to the podcast and for contributing some grievances um jen before we let we before we let you go where can people find you on twitter
1: well, if people want to yell at me for my Marcus Simeon take, they can find me at baseball <laughs> underscore Jen. And that is Jen with two N's.
0: Amazing. Thank you. So everyone, thank you so much for making Locked up Blue Jays your first listen every day. We're, we're going to be continuing uh, the holiday theme um, for, for tomorrow's episode that I highly recommend um, you listen to as well. well. We'll give too much away, but, Hopefully, a little bit more optimistic than some of uh, the grievances and a little bit more calm and, and, and relaxing. But who knows? I mean, Jen might throw uh, a curveball for a stocking stuff for mentioning Woodcroft 96, but I digress. Now, make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from me, Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Locked On Blue Jays is also free and available on all platforms. So, for this festivist episode of Locked on Blue Jays, I'm your co host, Lucas Weiss. We'll chat again soon.